Well, let's pray before we begin. Father, what a joy it is to be able to sing to you, to worship you with everything that we have. And so, Father, we want to continue this posture of worship as we get into your word. May you give us the ears to hear, the eyes to see your goodness and your character in this book called Habakkuk. We thank you for this time. May you be with us and may through the words that I say and the things that we think about during this time, may they all be uh, for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you are new with us this morning or haven't been with us for a while now, especially the past couple weeks, we as a church on Sunday mornings virtually have been journeying through the short book of Habakkuk. This book is unique in many, many ways, but perhaps no greater than this reason. Habakkuk, in his conversation with God himself, is faithful. And yet, it seems like most of the time, he's also quite feisty. Habakkuk, as well, in his conversation with God, is honest. And yet, it seems so far that he just loves to complain to God. Or, in other words, I would say it like this. Habakkuk seems to be the person we are like, and yet also the person we want to be like. If you have ever heard of this book, or even never heard of it, or even the name Habakkuk, it's important for you to understand where we are in this book. So before we even get into the text for this morning, I want us to understand exactly where this book is and have a little bit of a review. Of course, it's a short book and therefore a little hard to find if you've never found this book before. It's in the Old Testament right after a book called Nahum. Go to your table of contents if you want to. Don't be embarrassed to do that. But of course, once you get there, put a bookmark in there for the next while, for the next month, in fact. For those of you who have been with us for the past couple of weeks, you can also be with us right now for this review. The first week, if you can remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we were introduced to Habakkuk, who didn't waste any time getting right to his complaint to God. As he says here, you can see here Habakkuk 1, verse 2. He says, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. You see, even thousands of years later in the year 2020, in the midst of a global pandemic, and in the midst of a time where when we cannot meet here in Cremona, we were challenged by this text. We saw that we need to be careful about making assumptions about this God that we can't seem to see. We need to be careful because we see in Jesus, the Savior that Habakkuk and the people of God were waiting for, we saw our assumptions about God be answered. We saw and we see that a silent God is incompatible with the Savior who came to live among us. And we saw that a God who seems to ignore evil was incompatible with the Savior who was killed, the greatest evil. And last week, if you remember, even through Habakkuk, we were again reminded of Jesus, who once again showed us that God uses great evil for his purposes. 
Last week, if you want to look into that passage, we explored the somewhat unbelievable, and as we will see today, shocking event that in his answer to evil, suffering, and injustice, God decided to send the Babylonians. In one sense, his answer to evil was to bring more evil. And through that, we were challenged to believe the unbelievable and be reminded of the words of Joseph even in Genesis 50, 20, as he says these words, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And so this morning, today, we get to hear from Habakkuk in his response to what is really a shocking response from God, as we saw last week. We get to hear from Habakkuk, as in one sense, he is really saying to God, and this is the title of this sermon, this is the way. And as we get into the text, I want us to notice this progress from Habakkuk. If you heard and watched the first message in this series, I mentioned that the entire book of Habakkuk, although short, tells us this great story of protest to praise. So far, we've heard Habakkuk do a lot of complaining, a lot of protesting about the ways of God in light of who he is, his character. And it's vitally important for us to see this. But I want us to remember and see this progression of protest to praise. And in particular with today's text, because in the beginning of this book, we saw that Habakkuk cried out because of the violence around him in the midst of the people of God. Now today, more complaint from Habakkuk, but this time about the violence of the Babylonians. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in that same passage that Marge just read a few minutes ago. Habakkuk 1, 12 to 2, verse 1. And we'll go through this bit by bit because it was just read. Habakkuk 1.12 again says these words. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. One of the commentary writers that I heard from and was reading this past week said This phrase, Lord, are you not from everlasting, is actually a kind of insult. It's almost like asking God these things. Lord, I thought you actually said, or rather I thought you were who you said you were. I thought you were infinite and infinitely good and wise and love. How can you actually let this happen? How can you rise up the Babylonians? How can you, a supposed good God, use evil Babylon, who, as you said, has their own strength as their God, to punish your own people here in Judah? You see, there is a great sense here that Habakkuk is being extremely emotional and honest, perhaps more emotional and honest than we have ever been before God. This has been addressed before in this book that Habakkuk is the person in many ways that we ought to model in our complaints and protests before God. We need to see this again and again because too often I think we think we need to be careful around God. Almost like 
tiptoeing past the Father as we try to get our hands in the cookie jar. We often think of it that way, that if we say the wrong things or do the wrong things, God will wake up and get angry at us. Some of us approach God with that exact same approach, that there is no way we can ever get angry around our God. And instead, we need to treat him with kindness and respect in such a way that never reveals our true emotions. Now, I'm definitely not saying that we need to treat God with any such way that isn't honoring to him, that isn't glorifying to him, because that, of course, is sin. But what we need to see is that God is a God that allows faithful protest. Notice here in the text that Habakkuk isn't saying, I don't want to believe in you anymore, or there is no way I would ever believe in a God that is doing this. Instead, notice here, he is hearing the words from God as truth from him and simply replying out in confusion. Now, here's what we do with this, and in particular about a pandemic and internal as well as external trials around us. I think we need to, in one sense, say that God is working in all of these things, including what we have seen, especially this past week, the spiraling economy, deaths that we see and hear of, and in the fear of people's hearts throughout this world. We can also continue to say good things about what is happening, like this is all making us stronger or bringing families together. But perhaps this morning, even more, we need to be honest with God in the pain that this is all bringing. Pain like actual physical death. People with no jobs anymore. People in the hospital who can't see loved ones right now. And hard and long hours being given by our healthcare workers everywhere. And of course, as well as the economy and growing unemployment rates, not just in Alberta, but throughout the world. And don't just keep these internally. Give them to God in prayer. But let's make sure in all of this that we don't say there is no way we can believe in a God like this. This is not the example that Habakkuk is giving us. He is not denying the faith and living out of that. We see that Habakkuk is continuing to be faithful even in this text by saying these words, My God, my Holy One, you never die. You see, Habakkuk is still admitting truthfully that God is holy. This is, of course, core to the character of God that we see in Isaiah, that he's holy, 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 that his ways, his whole character is set apart, that is different than us. And this phrase, my God, my holy one, is actually a phrase of intimacy and covenant. Exodus 6, 7 says these words, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And later in the book of Ezekiel 36, 28, it says, You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And these words, 
You shall be my people, and I will be your God. You see, when Habakkuk reveals that God is still his God, his Holy One, he is reminding himself that God is the God of promise, and his promises are still for his people, even when Habakkuk is confused as to why God is doing what he is doing, as well as why he is using evil for his good purposes. Habakkuk uses various ways to describe God throughout this passage, and they are all true to his character. But quickly, though, now we see in this text, he wants us to shift our attention to what is most shocking to Habakkuk. Verses 12 and 13. It says, You, Lord, you, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Last week, if you remember, or you can see in the text, God was raising up the Babylonians. And these are the ones that he is appointing to execute judgment on the injustice of the land that Habakkuk was crying out for in the beginning of this book. These next words from Habakkuk tell us that he is finding it difficult to reconcile the actions of God in light of his character. He admits that God is his rock, that he is pure and holy, but then heard of his raising up of the evilest nation around to punish the evil around him. In a strange way, Habakkuk is confused as to why God is using this nation of Babylon to punish what seems to be the less evil nation of Judah. In this confusion, he is asking God honest questions. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? In what seems to be a great oxymoron, Babylon, the unrighteous, will come and seemingly kill those who are apparently more righteous. Habakkuk is wondering how these evil people can somehow escape the judgment of God, while the seemingly chosen people of God are the ones who are being judged. It is apparent here that Habakkuk was waiting for a different response from God. And maybe it seems like he's going on a long rant about this, but in all of this, there is honesty, even in these following verses. He continues by saying, You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net, he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? Habakkuk uses a simile as he says, God has made people like fish in the sea. The fish have no ruler. The wicked foe, in this case, of course, Babylon, pull up the people with hooks and they're glad. He gathers them up in his net and in this net he lives in luxury. 
This is this glaring image of the assumption made by Habakkuk. But instead of this image, I want us to take a close look at the question that Habakkuk gives God. He says this question, is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? In other words, is this ever going to end? The evil, the unrighteous, the unjust feasting and preying on the righteous and just, or at least the one who, ones who are less evil than those who are eviler. Sometimes we ask God similar things. We notice that things are happening around us, and we cry out, God, how long is this going to last? Perhaps we do this in a more comical way by asking, Lord, how much longer are my kids going to be in this house? I just can't escape them. Which many of you have probably been asking either externally or internally this past month. On a less comical note, there are times when we ask God, how much longer do I have to stay inside and are unable to see my kids, my grandchildren who just live minutes away down the road, or even my church who I love to hug and to handshake, to shake hands with. God, if this is the way, how much longer will it be the way? And in many ways, we must end up like Habakkuk does in verse 1 of chapter 2. As it says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. You see, when we understand that God is working in a way that seems unbelievable, and like Habakkuk, have to simply say, really, Lord, this is the way? We must, like Habakkuk, come to terms in humility that God is God and we are not, and simply just stand by and watch and wait. In his time, the ramparts were watch posts that guards and others could simply stand and look over the coming people who would come into the city. Habakkuk, as we see here, now waits. And he says, and rather it says, looks to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. In a modern reflection, Habakkuk as a character is much like Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, as J.R.R. Tolkien wrote this. Frodo says these words, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. Gandalf the wise wizard says, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Right? Like many of us as well, we try to trust God in difficult circumstances. We sometimes have to admit, I wish none of this has happened. And yet, like Gandalf, the wise wizard, we must be reminded that we don't decide any of this. All we do is decide with what to do with the time that God has given us. So with that time, I want to ask two questions. Are we going to give up on a God that seems to not work on our timing? 
Or are we, like Habakkuk, going to wait at our watch post? Because we know God will be faithful in working for our good. Have you ever been confused at why God is doing a certain thing? Perhaps like a pandemic, perhaps like an event that doesn't seem like it's in line with the character of God. You're not alone in these thoughts. In fact, the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is amazing for many reasons. And today we see one of them. That the Bible is full of testaments of God's people who are doubting and wrestling with God. Actually invited to wrestle with him. Characters like Job, like Jeremiah, Jacob, who literally wrestled with God, and of course Thomas, who we heard of just a few weeks ago on Easter. These characters, including Habakkuk, remind us that we worship and follow the God of grace, who in his grace allows complaint to him. In this passage today, we see that God is faithful, not because we say the right words, but because he is a good God who is full of grace. And in this passage today, we see that we are truly allowed to tell and ask God, this is the way. In a pandemic, we are free to speak our hearts and minds to God and ask him whatever we want. We may realize in all of this that we simply have to cry out in confusion, but then we have a choice. Do we live out in knowing that God is faithful and will do what he has said? Or do we live in the world and with the world in fear and hurt, thinking that God isn't there? Church, this morning the challenge is this. The challenge is to live out in faith even when it's hard to believe that God is working in a specific way. Know that he is good and he endures forever. He is our rock. He is our holy one. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that is alive and it's active. Father, thank you that we can open up your word freely and that we can uh, proclaim it and hear it spoken together. Father, I pray that uh, we would be reminded of your character through this text and that we would, as we go on throughout this week, uh, see uh, your goodness even in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of trials externally and internally within us. We thank you that you are good, you love us, and you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen.